to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clover Chris Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So subscribe, comment, like, or share. Right, Dad? You got that all down? You got it? Okay. I just want to make sure Ted is in a happy place. That's it. I just want Ted to be happy. I'm just sharing it to the groups. Just making sure I'm doing my daily routine. Thank you. You're, it's very appreciative. Thank you so much for doing that. Hey, Joe Aguirre is live right now. Oh, Joe's Aguirre. Joe, yeah, the Joseph Aguirre. Also, you can follow him at Twitter at Podcaster Joe, or you can check out Clovercrest Media as well, our very own Clovercrest Media page. So check it out. We have a lot going on today. Like we've been talking about last week, if you're looking for basketball talk, go find a basketball podcast because that right now is kind of out of the way. We are specifically talking baseball and NFL until major news happens in other sports. We don't know when that's going to be. But we're going to stick to baseball, and then we're going to talk about our other top ten list. We're going to continue the list, our top ten list, as we've been doing for the past month or so. This week, it's by Ted. It's our top ten head coaches in the NFL. And then also, sponsored by Ted's Eats, we have our top five subs slash sandwiches. So can't wait to look at the list. All the lists are in front of me. I have it. But we're going to start off with baseball. And the reason why we're going to start off with, because we didn't get a chance to talk about Thursday, where the game that we've been waiting for over a year and a half, Yankee fans, two years now, but due to all of COVID last year, they didn't have it. And it was the Field of Dreams game. And why I'm bringing up the Field of Dreams game is because how we're going to get into our first part of the show. I'm talking about the bullpen. First, I want to just say the Field of Dreams game was everything I expected it to be. It was a masterpiece. It was beautiful it was just astonishing to see how it worked look I never and I said this I've never seen a field of dreams the whole movie I've seen bits and pieces but to see the players come out from the cornfield it just got me chills just to see it just everything was beautiful just from start to finish you couldn't have asked scripted it any better I know the Yankees lost that game but it was awesome the home runs the Joe Buck calls were even great, and I don't say that a lot because I'm not a big fan of Joe Buck, but his calls in that game were great. And just seeing the home runs flying to the cornfield was just astonishing. By the way, a fan found John Carlos Stanton's home run ball. There was a video of a guy finding the home run ball in the corn maze. And I just want to get your views on the Field of Dreams games before we get into our – I'll start with you, Joe, before we get into our first part and why we're talking about the Field of Dreams game. Yeah, the only part that would make it better is if you saw the actual movie uh, because <laughs> it's an awesome movie. I can't believe you've never seen it. If there's a baseball movie to sit through, it's that one. So do yourself a favor. Kudos to uh, Major League Baseball for that promo they put together, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, where Frank Thomas was James Earl Jones because he nailed it. That was really, really good. Uh, no, it was a great game. Obviously, we wish the Yankees um, – wouldn't have lost it. I was glad, though, that it ended on a walk-off. I actually thought that was a very befitting for right. the experience. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Again, the Yankees winning the game would have made it better, but mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you couldn't you – couldn't, if you wrote a story uh, as a White Sox fan with Tim Anderson in a walk-off into the corn, you wouldn't even have believed it. You wouldn't just, be like, that's stupid. That no image way. of like, him running the home ba – uh, plate with the fireworks in the background it just it just looked like a perfect background wall wallpaper type thing you could put in your room or something it looked just that Aaron and Judge looks like he should be playing in a cornfield all the time he really he really fit there well what Ted what was your take on the whole field of Jones game it was it was a masterpiece MLB hit it out of the hit it out of the park literally best rated game in 16 years yeah that was that's um, that's saying something. Um, number one I game mean, in the past sixteen years. From from the from the beginning with Kevin Costner <clears throat> walking out to the players coming out from the field from the, through the cornfield through the whole production of the game. And here's here's what solidifies the thing: the game was good. 
yes. game was good. It wasn't, you know, wasn't a boring baseball game. There was a lot of entertainment between the home runs, uh, the come. I mean, I came back right here. I watched the game. Judge hit the bomb on, bang. And then, and then I'm like, when Stan, when Gallo walked, was at the, yeah, I was at the bar Stan watching. Up, go, he's he's gonna hit a home run. I, I had a weird feeling. And he think about that disaster from two years ago in London and how stupid that was compared to was compared to that. It was entertaining, but yes, I understand. This know, was more of a base. This felt like more of a baseball game. So, and I was like, all right. And then the way the way Yankees came back, I'm like, all right, this is gonna be a huge confidence booster. Hey, unfortunately, the Yankees lost. Now, the movie, if you know the true story, the White Sox were the original team that walked out of the cornfield. That's so it was kind of cool that they won. You know, it was their home game, kind of, you know, the Yankees the didn't steal the show. But, well, Black Sox, but you get the walk off too, which is even more dramatic. I, I you know, I know we're going to talk about it with baseball. Is it an issue with the Yankees going forward with the bullpen? But overall, I, if I don't know if Major League Baseball should do it every year. Or every other couple of years, but they should do something. Next should be the standalone because it worked. It worked, and it and, and it was really joy, joyous. And even with the you know the badass Yankees and and the Chicago White Sox, it was the best baseball they've seen in 16 years. The highest rating over all the World Series games, over all the nonsense, with everything that's transpired with baseball, they hit it out of the park, and they should be complimented. And and hey. Everything worked out and it was a great scene, great game. And unfortunately, as a Yankee fan, we lost. But well, speaking of hitting out, theatrics, of the park, well, it worked. There was and, a and, lot of there was a lot of hitting it out of the park in that game. Stan and Judge, Abreu, Tim Anderson. There were a lot of even Gardner got involved in the home run theatrics that night. But that's what I wanted to start with because oh, the field of dreams. We didn't get to talk about it, and it, it, the Yankees are part of it. It was an amazing. It just hit it out of the park. It was. 10 out of 10, just everything. For those three hours or however long that game was, there was nothing wrong about it. Only problem was, was the New York Yankees. And what about the New York Yankees? No, it wasn't the offense because the offense has been getting it going. They've been – they've been. look, this New York Yankees team looks like a new team since the 4th of July. They have one of the best records in baseball. They're climbing up in the standings. But the thing that's getting me nervous, like last night and in the Field of Dreams game, was the bullpen. And we've talked about this countless times, and you guys kind of both jumped on me and said, no, I don't think it's the biggest weakness. Well, I think it's I think it's becoming more and more inevitable. I know there's players out. I know Chapman is out. Britain hasn't been the same since last year. You have a bunch of AAA and some backup players that are not really on – that you wouldn't think coming into the Yankees season were going to be on this roster. But that's where we're going to start with is – when I look at this team, it's not the offense right now because the offense is starting to get its groove going. It's starting to get it going. It's starting to connect. It's starting to gel. Is if this team makes the playoffs, and we know how bullpens are a key component in the postseason and starting pitching in general too, you look at the Yankees' bullpen, and we've seen in the past, even in the postseason, the past postseason with Chapman giving up two big home runs that eventually led to their elimination. Do we still have faith in the Yankees' bullpen as much as we did, Joe? Well, of course we don't. But do I still long-term have faith in it? I do. I do. I think I think Zach Britton needs to work some things out. He's going to be fine. He can't throw a pitch over the plate to save his life uh, if he tried. So that's going to work itself out. Chapman will be fine. Uh, he always is. He does have a tendency to give up home runs in big spots, but eventually he won't, I would assume. Uh, you know, t- Chad Green's pitched well. Uh, Wandy Peralta came in, got some big outs. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Loisega has pitched well all year. So that, to me, look, the, the bullpen, it's going to be, it's not going to be the strength that it was in years past, but I do think by the end of this season, I think the the main guys are going to be pitching well. If they get into the postseason, can they survive and advance with this bullpen? And I'm talking about even when a healthy bullpen, when they all come back, can they survive and advance into this postseason against these teams like the Astros? If the Red Sox are still there, um, the A's with, with a healthy lineup and a healthy starting rotation, they can overcome the bullpen. If if they still got guys out, I mean, again, look at the look at the lineup now. This a this a lot of he's been playing well, Tyler Wade, but it's a lot of Tyler Wade for anybody's liking. 
a lot of Brett Gardner, a lot more than is necessary. So, I mean, you're, you're still not seeing this team nearly at full strength. The rotation's a disaster right now, and yet still the ERA for the rotation's outstanding. So you're putting a lot, you're taxing, you've been taxing the bullpen a lot more anyway because of the rotation, because of injuries, Mm -hmm. because these guys only go five innings outside of Cole. So, yeah, I think this team went healthy and clicking. If they can get this together by September, Ted, I I don't think there's any reason why the Yankees can't go on a run. And if they make the postseason, why they wouldn't be able to make as much damage as anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Now, two things. Uh, I wish I knew who the Facebook user was that was writing the comments. Like if there was a name. But I like the idea he had. The Robert Redford back in the New York Knights uniform, Yankees, Phillies, Buffalo. Ooh. Give me a Sandlot. Give me the Sandlot game. No. Well, that's another it. year. Save that. But, uh, he said next dream games. game in Buffalo, a la the natural. Put Robert Redford back in the New York Knights uniform, Yankees, Phillies at Salem Field. Um, I wish I knew who the Facebook user is, but I love the idea. Other thing, just looked up on Yankees, quick Google. Uh, Cole's supposed to return to the Yankees tomorrow. They only have a one game uh, tomorrow against the Angels, and then Tuesday they start against the Red Sox. That's a huge series because right now they are, um, they're two and a half back of so the Sox. Those are my little stupid-ass tidbits. But to the point you were asking about the bullpen, Trev, I'm starting to wager. Like if I was on the seesaw, I'm starting to be more on your side where I do have some worries about this bullpen. Because I am on Joe's thing. We do have the pieces. When everything is healthy, when Rizzo's back, Gallo, you get Cole back. Hopefully we get Cooper back in the next couple of weeks, Severino. This team is a much better team. You've seen it. You can see the last week, two, two weeks since they, the trade deadline, this team, just in general, you can just look from, from the point of your eyes, if you have any sight, that this team is a better team. Now, yeah, Tyler Wade's playing more than often, but I, I, I like what he's produced. He's This team, I don't know if anyone realized, they're the number one or second uh, best stealing team in baseball right now since – the all-star break. So this team has dynamically changed since the beginning of the season. Now, is that the way they're probably going to win all the time? Absolutely not. That's not the way this team is built, but it's definitely shown a variety of way where this team can compete. And I think the Yankees down the road should look at something like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have all six foot eight, 300 pound, uh, you know, big hitters. Let's throw a little speed in there because our team is almost more enjoyable and more dynamic, especially when you balance the speed with the power. I do have some worrisome though about this bullpen jump. I understand why has been better. He's got great stuff. We talked about it. He's got phenomenal stuff. He could almost be a starting pitcher if they if they ever want to. I can see him Even eventually if, becoming but a if starting pitcher. If you ever when the, the Yankees bust, it's always him coming in the game. Always. The other night, it's like every time he comes in, he's got probably the best stuff in the entire bullpen. You even asked some of the guys probably. I think he read it. He's got some of the best stuff in all the bullpen, but he's just inconsistent. Britain's lost him, and I don't know if he's going to be able to find it this year. It might be something where he doesn't find it until next year because even well, he said he doesn't want to be the closer. You don't like that attitude from a I guy. Know, who yeah, he went to Boone and said, I don't want to do not want to be the closer. I'm not good enough. Even last night when they brought him, he doesn't have it. Now, a lot you could say he's dealt with injuries and inconsistency. Some guys just, some guys just can't find it, and they won't find it until next year. But I think like with Joe's point of summing this all up is if you can get a healthy Chapman back, you can get all the Rizzos and Gallos and Cole and Coopers, and you get all these pieces together. And and who knows? Maybe Nestor Cortez goes in the bullpen, and because you're long relief, Ramiro Mendoza is like, or maybe he becomes your fourth best starter because he is creative and can do multiple things. But they have to be more consistent, and we'll see. They have played better, though, but the bullpen is an issue because it's they have blown. I think, Trev, you sent us a stat where I think they've blown more saves this year or opportunities than anyone in the Major League Baseball this year. And that's definitely something that we're not used to seeing as Yankee fans. And that's what I'm trying to – I want to finish up this with you, Joe. You said about the offense and stuff like that, what this offense they can score. Well, we've seen it in the past too. Like this offense, even when they – not with this current lineup. I'm talking about back in the day, 17, 18, 19. They've always had the offense to do it. It's just even when the offense produces that bullpen, and we've seen it with Chapman multiple times. It's just sometimes we're starting to get like this isn't the. I mean Chapman twice. Let's just say Chapman twice. You're you're talking about two very specific instances in that man's career. But that's what I'm trying to say is that you've had those two scenarios that like the offense has produced, but you still get that 
And I feel like this right now, every time it's like, oh, the Yankees have a lead going into the ninth. What has happened the past two nights? They've blown it. And then, yes, eventually they won. The Yankees it's are like the New York Giants. You got to watch until all 27 outs it's are not, but like, it, this is Chapman does, Trev. You're right. He walks the bases loaded, and then he gets out of it. But how many times are you going to, you know – like how can they survive? How can they survive going with that type of philosophy that we've seen in the past couple of years? That like yeah, but no, look, not for nothing. You you just saw uh, literally the White Sox in the last two nights. You've seen the same thing. You've seen their bullpen fail again. This is this is. Uh, I saw Mariana Rivera's name was trending earlier today. Today and yes, uh, Mariana Rivera's name is trending because uh, Yankee fans are losing their mind because we don't have a closer. And, you know, we've talked about this. I wrote an article about it, the Mariano Rivera effect, where in our minds, Mariano never blew a save. Mariano was perfect. Mariano never gave up runs. Mariano never walked the bases loaded and tight walked out of it. Mariano didn't have uh, stretches in 2005 and six after the, the World Series where he struggled against the Red Sox. So we can romanticize and 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 we can – uh, revisionist history, Mariano Rivera, it was a struggle. And to be as great as he was for as long as he was is a testament to how great a player he was. There's not a lot of guys currently in Major League Baseball that have the resume of Aroldis Chapman. There, There's just not. There's not a lot of guys in baseball that have had 30 saves three or four years in a row even. It, it's hard to be consistent in that role. He is the best in baseball at it. He struggles at times. Take a look. Again, watch SportsCenter any night of the week. All those walk-offs, who the hell you think you're hitting them off of? Everyone else is closers. I mean, Not for nothing. Watch the Mets any night of the week. You want to watch a closer give up a walk-off? There you go. Or the Philly. He's got to get that one Mets. Little... Got to jab the Mets. Of course, of course. But the I'm not gonna I'm not taking away from the Yankees. They're playing well, coming up clutch last night, multiple occasions. Judge with the home run off of Kimbrell. Then Joey Gallo having a big game, his first major big game for the Yankees in a big moment again for him. And like you said, when you get all these back, when you get Severino back, get Kluber back, Cole back, he's supposed to be coming back. You get Rizzo back. I mean, we saw what Rizzo was doing before he even went out before COVID got him. That was the only thing that was stopping Anthony Rizzo right now because he was on a tear with the New York Yankees. The Yankees are playing well. They're starting to starting to play like New York Yankee baseball. Got a big series coming up against the Sox. We'll see how that ha- has gone because so far, eh, it's been a leaning towards the Sox this year, but the Yankees are starting to play them better. So we'll see how it goes. Take care of the Angels tomorrow, and then we get on to the Sox. But I wanted to also switch over to this. Now we're going to go in to the gridiron because it's some football talk. Preseason was underway last week, but now we've officially – Got it going. We got all teams going. Players are playing. Rookies are playing. And boy, oh boy, I want to start off with the rookies because the rookies have been going off so far. Here's some quick stats for them. Brought to you by Ted that gave him the great stats. Only guy that's missing is from Mac Jones, but I do have what his stat line was. So here's the rookie quarterbacks from yesterday's performance. And Jordan Love, who could you could say is like the Ben Simmons role. Ben Simmons didn't play his whole rookie year, but still won rookie of the year in his second season. Jordan Love never played last year, so he's technically a rookie. And Jordan Love played pretty well as well. Trevor Lawrence, 6 of 9. He was probably the worst of the three other than that incredible throw to Marvin Jones. Zach Wilson had a solid game. Trey Lance and Justin Fields, those guys, well, they delivered. a big. Most of that play from Trey Lance is on the 80-yard touchdown. So you look at all these guys. They all came out, and I know we talked about it last week about the. Don't forget about Mac Jones. Oh, I, yeah, and, and Mac Jones. Thirteen for nineteen. Thirteen of nineteen, eighty-seven yards, and he looked the part. He finally has a normal number too. He is not number fifty. He's number ten now for the New England Patriots. So thank <laughs> God he doesn't have that number anymore. But you look at all these rookie quarterbacks. I know it's preseason. I know they're playing against a lot of the backups. But this is supposed to be, I mean, you look at those five quarterbacks. These are going to be maybe the future of the NFL. This is, could be one of those great, great quarterback classes. And we have said this before with the Baker Mayfield class. That was supposed to be a legendary class. Sam Darnold is a TBD. Josh Rosen is MIA. Josh Allen and Omar are, have been doing their thing. Baker's starting to get up to there. So we'll see how that class is going. But you look at all these guys. Justin Fields, 
We saw Trey Lance talk. We talked about them big time last week, two teams that are in win-now modes. Do they give them the best shot to maybe get over the hump? Because these are two playoff-caliber teams, and with a quarterback like Trey Lance and Justin Fields with that mobility, the athleticism, they can be difference makers. But I want to ask you guys, it might be a stupid question, but I don't really care because it could be different. We all could have a different answer. It's which rookie quarterback right now, this current time, would you want of all the five quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round? Or should I say top 15? Well, I, uh, we, uh, what do you mean? We redraft him or who had the better day yesterday? No, like if you, if, if you had who I still want is Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's the best quarterback. It's not even a question. Let's put him on a better team, though, too. Let's give him, you know, let's let's not have a college coach who's, you know, in his first ever NFL game in history. You know what I mean? Let's let's put him on a better team. But if you ask me who – I read all this. I'm reading this stuff now. There was, they did a preseason thing of all the players and coaches and stuff. I'm taking Justin Fields right now. We right now, Trey Lance yesterday had one 80 yard throw, but he also missed two throws badly, which should have been intercepted. He took four sacks yesterday, and there was a lot of times where he didn't look comfortable in the pocket. Trey Lance. So, what you're going to get is it's I'll, I'll use a Yankee term because we just talked about the Yankees. You're going to get the home run, or you're going to get the strikeout. Trey Lance probably is going to give you two or three plays a game where you're going to be like, wow. And then you're going to give four or five plays, you're going to be like, you're going to shake your head. But that's what happens when you haven't played football in 315 days. So, like I said, when we had this question last week, who should start week one? It's still Jimmy G. But let's see where Trey Lance is by the end of preseason. Let's see where Trey Lance is in week eight when Jimmy G gets hurt by then. Because it's inevitable. It's almost the narrative. I, but to your point, your question was who you want. I'm still taking Trevor Lawrence. He's – He's still the best quarterback of all these quarterbacks, but the guy who had the best day, who showed off yesterday the most, was Justin Fields. Joe, are you going to surprise us and take your guy from uh, Roll Tide City? No, I, I, I'm not. Because <laughs> here's here's what I'll say: Drew Locke lit it up yesterday, and Teddy Bridgewater looked insanely good yesterday. So it's hard to put too much stock into these numbers. No, if the question you're asking me is. Who's ready to start day one? Because we talked about this last week. Trey Lance is not ready to start on day one. As of right now, mm-hmm. he's still got a couple weeks to go. But if you ask me, based on yesterday's assessment, who could start opening day? Justin Fields could start opening day. He said the game looked slow to him last night. I was actually that's beautiful. Shocked. That's but beautiful. I, I don't know if yeah. I would admit that either because I th- I, I think he, I think he should be the starter day one. Well, here's Andy the Andy Listen, here's what we figured out yesterday. Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. It's going to be a rough year because they suck, but he's going to be just fine. I, I think that's pretty clear. Zach Wilson looked fantastic yesterday. Again, it wasn't outstanding, but he looked like he's going to be fine come opening day. It's going to be a rough year. Same with Lawrence. They're going to have to learn and grow. Trey Lance, not ready. Justin Fields could start this coming week and should never relent the starting job again. Uh, Mac Jones could start today. I I think the the chances of Mac Jones starting on opening day are, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think he could. And, And, you know, I think when it comes to Bill Belichick, he may decide the night before the game that it's going to be Mac Jones, but yeah, I thought I thought everybody but Trey Lance looks ready to be uh, uh, an opening day starter. Whether they are or not, still remains to be seen. For sure, Lawrence is gonna, and for sure, Wilson is gonna. That yeah. we do know because there's the no though. backup plan. We talked about this last week because we got in this big argument. This is the Jets' fault for not having a good enough veteran to start Week One or at least give him some competition. Because Zach Wilson's not re- he. He, if you read the article and you watch the game last night, he did what he was supposed to do. It was digs and dunks, play action, hand the ball off. He was seven of nine. He was comfortable. They didn't overdo it. It was nothing that was like what you saw at BYU where he's just flinging the ball around the field, no deep passes. And the Giants didn't have like any starters playing last night on defense. Like none of their D line was really starting. No linebackers were starting. I don't think any of the starting defense played at all for the New York Giants. Maybe one or two guys that might see starting time. But Adore Jackson played, Bradbury didn't play, Peppers didn't play, Blake Martinez didn't play, um, Dexter Lawrence didn't play, Leonard Williams didn't play. So 
He didn't play against real competition yet. But we, that's what we were talking about last week when I said about Trey Lance. Let's see how these guys do against when there's real starters. When, you know, Leonard Williams is coming mauling at you. Zach Wilson, listen, the Jets are going to be a work in progress. I think they're going to be the worst team in football this year. Them the and the Lions. The Jets. I, I listen. They got players, but they're he's going to don't forget about the Texans. Listen, he's going to take it. They'll be fine. I think they have. I think they'll be better than the Jets. I think Zach Wilson's going to struggle a little bit, even though they have players on them. I still think they're a work in progress. Um, we'll, take, but we'll see. Listen, it was one preseason game. Just ex- Trevor Lawrence looked a little bit more comfortable. Like Joe said, I don't think Trey Lance is ready. Uh, I think Fields showed. But the, uh, I think Miami out had 215 yards, a 79 yards total offense. Miami versus the to the Bears, and then Justin Fields came in and flipped the script on the game. His speed is dynamic. Uh, I don't know if you saw the thing last night. His scramble last night yeah. went up to 20 miles an hour. It was the fastest. I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, man. I, I think Fields is going to be an absolute. Well, and, and here's the thing: when you line can't protect, you know. Now they did just pick up Jason Peters, veteran uh, left tackle from the Eagles. So we'll see how how healthy and how well he'll play to help that offense line. But listen, if your offense line stinks, it's always nice to have the legs to run away from trouble. That's so, true. But well, listen, I, I would say this for all the teams, you know, from Mac Jones on Thursday night to the four guys we just talked about just now, I think all teams have to be pleased with where they're at and where these rookies are at and how well they look. You know, nothing spectacular, but they all showed, you know, strides in being where I think these teams want them on day one. And that's, you know, for the regular season being their starting quarterback. I think you guys are probably – I think you guys are right with Trey Lance. I don't see – I could see Trey Lance being the one. And we talked about – he was the one – he was the wild card of this draft class because of the fact that he didn't have the starts, he didn't have the experience, and he was playing – And I mean, no offense, he was playing in North Dakota State. It's, the competition's a little different when compared to Zach Wilson, especially Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Mac Jones – where those guys are playing top-notch quality players and conferences and, and when they play everybody else. But Trey Lance is going to be the one that we all thought it was – well, he's going to be the wild card. If 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 he's not ready, then he's going to be the one to say – Well, here's the other thing. If we, Mac Jones lights it up for New England, not to cut you off, Trev, but you're going to have some questions going forward. Now, listen, you can't – do that off of the first season, first game. Let's you know, let's talk through. Usually, you guys. Go oh, I know. I know. Not go through the rookie contract, but I know when we were doing draft stuff six months or you know, not six months, about four or five months ago. And Joe, I think Joe said, I think even me, I think we even ha- had Mac Jones going to eight because he just everyone was on the 49ers Mac Jones thing. It was just right. Didn't it seem like Mac Jones? Joe, Joe would have taken Mac Jones one if he had the opportunity to. I would have because he's no. great. He's great. He's great. Joe, Joe, would you have really taken Mac Jones? No, of course I wouldn't have. I would have taken Justin Fields at number one, though, over Trevor Lawrence. I'll be quite honest with you. I think he's the. I think. I think when it's all said and done, I think he's going to end up being a slightly better all-around quarterback than Trevor. I think Trevor Lawrence will be exceptional, but it's going to be hard for him to win Super Bowls in Jacksonville. So. I, I think Chicago, just, I Chicago think just, ain't that easy either. No, that's true. But, but Chicago's a Chicago's a real team. Yeah, I got you. What but Chicago, I know, I know so you can I you can see you can see the you you've heard you've heard me you've heard it said the Chicago Bears have won a Super Bowl because they did. The Jacksonville Jaguars have never sniffed it. And as currently constructed, they're not even close. They've sniffed it. They just haven't fully got. When I say sniffed it, I mean be like the Bills. You know what I mean? Be there. Be it close enough to touch the trophy, but not enough to take it home. I'd rather be the Jaguars and not get there lose four in a row. I I think Justin Fields is going to. I think teams teams have passed on, and I remember Joe when we did a couple weeks ago top ten players facing the most pressure, and you put Zach Wilson. And their explanation to it was a valid reason for it. Well, Justin Fields, I know it's preseason. I know it's against backups, but that offense is going to be different when he's in. And you just said it, Ted. They were getting out outperformed with Andy Dalton. I'm sorry. Jimmy G, fine. That's uh, that's fine. I don't think you guys know Sketchy Peasant. He's a, a big CMG contributor. He's a West Coast guy, just so you know. Uh, he obviously believes in Trey Lentz because of Kyle Shanahan. So much so, he thinks Kyle Shanahan could put me in a game and I would throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. 
That's high praise for Kyle Shanahan. He's got his work cut out with this young man. This is not just the, but <laughs> we'll see it, Joe. I guess you might, have to go, <laughs> Joe, you might have to go play Madden and create yourself and go play with the 49ers now. But what I was trying is Justin Fields. I would have taken him. I think he's going to be the best quarterback of this this draft class. And I, I can't say I can't say I felt that way enough in April that I would have done it. Well, and I'll, hey, I'll say this though: of all the quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, look at all the quarterbacks except for the Jets. All have a really good quarterback kind of guru guys surrounded by them. Matt, Matt Nagy's a pretty good guru for Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. has got Urban Meyer, and I forget who the offensive coordinator. Oh, Schottenheimer. Sean, yes, very good offensive coordinator. Um, who's the, oh my god, I'm drawing by Trey Lance has got Kyle Shanahan, and then Mac Jones has got um Belichick and oh uh, Josh McDaniels. And Josh, I mean, you think about those four You're guys. About to say Trevor game. McDaniels, <laughs> McDaniels, <laughs> McMuffin. Ted wants but, McDonald's. Ted's wanting McDonald's right now. I but, think. That, but no, I mean honestly, that's that's a big part of where these guys' growth will come from is yeah. their offensive coordinators. I mean, if you remember how pissed off Aaron Rodgers were when they got rid of his quarterback coach Van Pelt Alex Van Pelt you know he wasn't too pleased about that so building that chemistry with the offensive coordinator and the coach I mean the Jets really need to find a good offensive coordinator I don't know who is there wait is that the one that just passed away right he was oh, the offensive yeah, coordinator Greg Knapp the Greg offensive Knapp, coordinator right? was Greg Knapp well, he was just, only the so, Jets and he was he's a good core he was a great coordinator yeah too. because uh even Peyton Manning had kind of praised him from the old days with Denver. So that's unfortunate for the Jets and, and Zach Wilson. But yep. I look at the other guys and being in really good positions with really good quarterback guru, offensive coordinator, head coaches that can really help these guys grow. And and like Joe said, hopefully all of them will be great, you know, because I that's see, better for I the see, league. I see. But well, don't forget, too, the Giants went in and they, they targeted Daniel Jones because of the specific information they got from the Mannings about him. And, uh, and having spent yeah. time in the camp and, and and what a difference they felt like this is the kind of guy they wanted. He was very much like Eli in his mindset. And and there's a there's a very specific reason the Giants went after Daniel Jones, who clearly isn't the same kind of quarterback with the same skill set as Eli. It's his mental makeup. And I think, again, you get the guy that you want and you target him. Kyle Shanahan, I'm sure, was salivating at the idea of getting his hands on Trey Lance. I'm, I'm sure Matt Nagy is – we can get uh, – what, are you kidding me? Yes. I mean, they, they, were tw- they were at 20, and they they risked it all. They risked it all. They risked it all with they because they the their, jobs are, their jobs are on the line, and they had to make them a splash. And they went to go get a guy that they feel could be a game-changer for that franchise, and you just saw a little a, – a quick glimpse of that yesterday, what this offense can be. And that's why I think with the Bears, they, sh- they shouldn't even consider – Andy Dalton, just put him as the back. Will will the Giants be kicking themselves for that trade if things don't pan out and Justin Fields becomes the greatest quarterback in NFL history? Well, you can't say it now because – How would you kick yourself? Daniel Jones. How would you kick yourself, though? They're not taking Justin Fields. They were never going to take Fields. No, but but they could have. But they literally literally hand-delivered him to Chicago. Yeah, I know. Listen, here's where I think the Giants were screwed. This happens two years ago when Justin Ferber decided to come back out, come back to Oregon for another year, which probably helped him a lot. But that's who the Giants were targeting in that draft class was Justin Herbert. It was oh, all Joe Justin Herbert. That. That's who the Giants were going to go get. They don't take Justin Herbert. And then the following year we take Daniel Jones because we know Dwayne Haskins would have been a boss awful, and we'd be really regretting that. Daniel Jones will see. And then Kyle Murray was going number one. So it wasn't like – and then what we were going to do, wait this year to take another quarterback? Like, who would have been our quarterback? Hey, but Kyle Oletta played really good for the Browns last night. Hey, right. Haskins looked fantastic last night, by the way, as did Mason Rudolph, as also did Davis, Josh Dodds. Everybody Davis, in Pittsburgh. Davis Webb played pretty well, too. Yeah. <laughs> Mike you know who was – I was going to say, you know who didn't have a good week? One of the few people who didn't Cole look good McCoy. at all. Was Mike Lennon? <laughs> Cole yeah, Colt McCoy was awful as well. But this rookie draft class is going to be great. This rookie quarterback draft class, I should say, looks like there's a lot of star potential within this group, and they all started off with it. They all started off pretty well, good starts, but they're all going to have room for improvement because they're rookies. I can see three quarterbacks. Of hey, this I like group. where Jace's mindset is. Yeah, I can see. Three, 
I could see three quarterbacks starting week one, three rookie quarterbacks, and I could see it officially being Justin Fields because I think Justin Fields, I think the Bears are going to have to play him right off the bat because just because of the fact that he just, Ted, you said it, the Dolphins were out playing them, had more yards with them. Once Fields came in, it was just a whole nother dynamic. He makes things happen, especially with his legs. And listen, if things all fail through the passing game, you go running and you keep the drive alive. You know what I mean? Keep the drive alive. Well, all in all, all I would have to say is I'd rather be these teams than I would be the New Orleans Saints because they have a tough, tough, tough situation going on, and they don't know what the hell to do. The Saints are in big trouble because I don't know if they want to start Jameis or Taysom Hill. But speaking of the Saints, and well, we're going to talk about coaches, and I'm pretty sure that all we will have uh, yeah, we all have Sean Payton in our top 10 coaches, and that's what our top 10 list for this week is. And then we're going to have another one, and then the next week we'll have our actual NFL preview. So we'll have one more top 10 list after this. We've been doing this for about a month and a half, a top 10 list. First time we've been doing it. Now we're going to be starting more food, too. This week is top 10 sandwiches and subs brought to you by and sponsored by Ted Zeke's. So let's start off. Sure, with let's start with 10. your coaches. Let's start you want me to start with my top ten coaches? Yeah, okay, yeah, because I always go. go last. We always save the best for last. I guess we'll go first today because yeah, I always want to be number really one. Talk about yours last week. No, you guys didn't. You guys really didn't. You never I do. I you know. Just all ba- you just all bash my list. That's it. You look at it you're like it sucks. I think that's what Joe said last week. He's like sucks. Yeah, you know. All right, here we go. <laughs> so here is my top ten list. Funny thing is, we all have the same top three coaches in different orders, though. So here's my top 10 list for coaches. Give me what you got. I mean, we all – I'm looking at the list right now. We all have the same – I don't think name. Belichick could be number one right now, and you know that. You definitely thought a lot about it when you did that. <laughs> you only put Andy Reid, too, because he didn't win last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> I think easily he's better than – he's easily better than Belichick right now, and you know it. John Harbaugh's got to win something before he could be in the top five. Let's be fair here. Joe. You have John. Oh, Harbaugh. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just saying. I have no problem. It's a lot of I Sean's see, in the top 10. A lot see, of Sean's. I, I put Bilichick in there because of the fact that this team was, you got to look at last year. They had a bunch of players didn't step out because of COVID. They, they, they didn't play. They had a quarterback situation. They had one of the worst quarterback situations going on in the NFL last year. And they still managed to finish one game under 500 at 7-9. And, and they were all the way almost – Maybe making the postseason until week fifteen or so. Belichick is a, a mastermind. There's, I'm not taking Belichick off my number one list until that man retires. He will still go down as the best coach in football right now. Andy Reid is a close second, but Belichick is the goat. It's kind of like the Brady thing. It's just they're the goat for a reason. Belichick showed it last year. Wait, then why didn't you have Brady on your on your NFL uh, your best players in NFL list? Shouldn't he be number one? You just said no, he's the go. He's not, he's not number one. You just one. said it. You just said that. I said quarterback. You just said that I said Ted? quarterback. I said was quarterback. he number one on your quarterback list? He was not actually. Well, then there you go. He was number two. Switch this now. Just put Andy Reid at one and take Belichick. Put him at two. You're fine. And then no. I think the rest of the list is good. Although, now listen, at number seven, you bashed Mike Tomlin all the time. And I think when you see the massive collapse that team had last year, to put him in front of Pete Carroll, I think it's disgraceful. (laughs) Ted, your thoughts? I actually actually have no problem with his No, the reason why I've had Tomlin is because – I actually have no problem with his list. He's never had a losing season. He's never had a losing season. Since being the Steelers coach, I know I have no problem with that. I, I, I was actually said you could probably put him higher because Bruce Arians just walked back into the you house. You both argued with me in the last year that this guy's lost his touch, that he's not as good, that he's an overrated head coach. I don't. Think what are we defending overrated. him for? Hey, now you're defending Mike Tomlin. What is happening here? I, is this gonna, like uh, the Bizarro universe? Joe, Joe, we have to. Never mind. I'm I'm caught my brain. My brain caught up to. I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. One of your top ten. Uh, there's smart there's good balance. There's good balance in this thing. Listen, I don't have no problem. You listen. You can make the argument that uh, Tomlin and Pete Carroll could be in top five. They both have the the resumes to be in the top five. 
Now you could say, oh, Pete Carroll skewed because he has Russell Wilson saves his rear end a lot of times when they should be losing games. Had the Legion of Boom, but you know what? That's also coaching. That's putting people in the right positions. That's drafting. I just asked why McVay in front of Sean Payton. Just oh, I, I think Sean Payton is lost just because Sean Payton's got I, a longer tenure. Sean Payton was Sean McVay I think Sean McVay is going to be like this generation's Sean Payton. I think he's a mastermind. I think Sean Payton is. I want to see how Sean Payton performs this year without Drew Brees. I really do. I don't know how he's going to be with James. Winston. Probably like Belichick without Brady. Be one game under 500. Okay. And you'll push him up higher on the list for next season, apparently. <laughs> All right, big mouth. Let's go to your <laughs> list. Okay. You know what's funny about Joe's list? He's got a coordinator in there. I do. <laughs> Says the man that still has the same top three as me when he yeah. said John Harbaugh just needs to get a little high, needs to win some to be. Well, know. he does. He does. And, and not for nothing. You know, you, you mentioned, uh, I, it's funny. I put Bruce Arians in the middle of that run of Sean's at the end because they're all the same guy to me, really. McVay, ask, Peyton, I, McDermott, I whatever. The, I want to ask the obvious question. You put in Eric Bieniemy. I think Eric Bieniemy is one of the fine minds in this game. But why did you put him as a coordinator? He should be already a head coach. That's just a bunch of BS. Yeah, put him ahead in front of the head coaches, though. Why? Why do you have him so high on your list? Because I think other than Sean Payton and Bruce Arians, I don't know that anybody's um, I don't know that anybody's uh, uh, on the list is a better coach than him. And I think when he takes over a team, I think it's going to be. Uh, I don't like Mike Tomlin. No, I I've, I've grown tired of Mike Tomlin shenanigans. Ever since he tried to trip that player some years ago, I just I, yeah, I look at him the same. Yeah, I can't put I don't. A coordinator in front of a head coach. Sean McVay is. Just as good as Eric Bieniemy, and he has to run the entire team. Just because he's been offered the opportunity that Eric Bieniemy hasn't, I don't want to hold that against Bieniemy. He's going to be the best AAA player until you would. Would you argue that Eric Bieniemy is by far the best offensive coordinator in football? Well, now, yeah, not necessarily. Just Ooh. think about the things that they do, well, the well, risks the that thing. they take, the, the how offense, well he knows his personnel. I mean, dude, well, it's not even here's, close. Here's the only thing is a lot of that comes from Andy Reid because Andy Reid was still calling plays up until a couple of years ago until he gave it to Eric Bieniemy. So Andy Reid was still – he's still the mastermind. He's still the teacher in the course. Jeff, Eric Bieniemy is the uh, – what's those Sure, guys look that, how many of Belichick's guys are on this list. Exactly. He's still it, the mastermind. What are those ones in college where you have the professor, then you have that other one who's like the student, but he's like the uh, the teacher too. He's, co-teacher. Uh, what? It's not the he's sub-teacher. Okay. You know what? Like teacher's assistant. Room? Yeah, teacher's like whatever those are. The we'll go with that one. But here's the thing. He's good, but he also has Mahomes, and he has Andy Reid, and he has a lot he's of He's not going anywhere because he's going to be the next Chiefs head coach. No, he's not because Andy Reid's not going to retire anytime soon. Eric Bieniemy is going to get if a real shot. If they win another Super Bowl this year, Andy Reid might. You never Here's know. my thing is, why Brian Dude, Ford? Andy Reid's a couple of, like, high cholesterol meals away from death. I mean, Bieniemy, there, there's a reason they haven't let him get out okay. there. I mean. So, here's the other thing, Joe. <laughs> How do you put Brian Flores in above the guys that have been to the Super Bowl or won Super Bowls? Uh, wait, is the question who was the best coach before this season, or are we oh, assessing coach, these guys? Twenty twenty one season. No, this is coach. I'm assessing in, in these guys yeah. right now based on who I think the best coaches are. You would take Bruce. For, you would take Brian Flores over McVay, Peyton. I and love Brian Flores. That's why I put him there. Yeah, I, I just know. think he's um. I like the brains there. I like the mind. Again, sometimes I'm not looking for uh resume as much as I'm looking for. Who do I think is a is a really good coach right now? Who do I think is a guy who has his team in the right, right position, pushes the right buttons? That's who I was picking here. I thought about putting Flores in, but I did. I love Brian Flores. I think he's. But you stuff. put Mike Tomlin in. You'll see my list. You'll see my list in a second. He's also done it longer and has two Super Bowls. Well, I'm just saying goals. this. This shouldn't be a lifetime achievement award list. <laughs> this know, isn't. Like- this isn't last year's Heisman Trophy, Kate. You know what I'm saying? But, but I'm also not going to knock Mike Tomlin for being 10-0 and 0 and then just the team falling apart, injuries, quarterback being old. Listen, that's not on him. But- See, Joe? <laughs> Kyle Shanahan I don't trust any of the Shanahans, I'll be honest. I never have my entire life. 
I think something Ted's about that I, family. I have, no problem with, I have no problem with Ted's list. Um, only reason, only thing I would ask is Vrabel. I just, I like Joe's would say to 2021. I just like Vrabel as a coach. I like his whole personality. I like his whole persona. I like the way the way his team plays. I like the way his team competes. But it'll be a really telling story this year because now. Offense, they still don't have the defense to compete with the elite teams, but their offense should be. I mean, you got Tannehill, you got the best running back, you got two stud receivers. I mean, every year you look at this team. What do they? They used to finish what nine and seven, nine, nine and seven. seven. Nine. I mean, it's not great and it's not poor, but every year it's consistent. It's good. They're hard nosed. It's the type of coach you would want to play for. He's a players' coach, and I just like what he represents for Tennessee. Joe, you're gonna rip Ted for having Belichick number one. Just no, I think Ted's list is perfect. <laughs> what kind of, what kind Outstanding of list right here. He nailed it. Mike Tomlin, number eight, right where he belongs. Yeah, I, I'm I'm good with that. So what was the difference between me having Tomlin at seven and eight? Seven? What are you, out of your mind? Seven? Jesus. Seven? You even watch football? <laughs> seven miles per hour. Joe, I I actually put Vrabel over Flores. I thought about him. I also thought about Lafleur from Green Bay, but I was like wondering how much is it him or is it how much is it Aaron Rodgers so damn good that that you could put any of one of us there? And I tried to be fair because you were like, well, you could see that about Andy Reid. Well, Andy Reid's been listen. You look at the top three guys: Belichick, Andy Reid, and John Harbaugh. They have all been the like the symbol of consistency and greatness like john harbaugh like symbol of freedom like do you no, know what john do you know what you know what one of my criteria was on this list one of my criteria was i don't want when the super bowl is over for my guy not to be on this list at all the super bowl winning quarterback that's why i left mike tomlin off the list um not be ahead of john harbaugh absolutely mike tomlin should not be above john Harbaugh. but would you say it's fair that this list that the super bowl winning teams probably one of these one of these guys will be in the i think two of these coaches will be in the super bowl yeah i mean i've i mean absolutely i mean bruce Arians right there belichick's probably gonna have a tough time unless harbaugh sean payton no sean mcdermott yes mcveigh yes carol yes possibly you have about six or seven. You have about six or seven, and even Vrabel, yeah. yeah six, you have and the ones six we're missing is a Shanahan, um, a Lafleur from from Green Bay, and I don't really know who. So else. how do we rank? How do we rank these lists? Am I dead last again, Joe? Yeah. Oh, I would say so. Yeah. You tried really. Are you, this was a better list for you? <laughs> I'm done with Joe. I'm putting him on mute. Let's get into our new segment. Let's uh, get into our new segment that we're gonna be doing. We we might have to talk about this, but people I wish I had Charles on here as a Steeler guy, and he's a huge Steeler. I thought Tom we were talking about this show four years ago that he thought Tom should have been retired. Or not retired, fired. And he's Charles is one of the most avid Steeler fans. And was not a big fan of Tom. I know a lot of fans, uh, Steeler fans, that are not a big well, fan. Oh, of they're all, kind of like what Joe said. They're kind of over his like shenanigans. It's like, but he wins though. I get it. He, oh, wins. he wins. He wins just like he Harbaugh does. Yeah, these coaches, these are their consistency at their at its finest. You, who would you rather have, Tony Romo or Eli Manning? Eli. So why? Because of the championships. So again, the question is: Is do you want Mike Tomlin? You want to make the you know you want to you want to win nine ten games, make the playoffs, and not go anywhere? You know what I mean? Or 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 do you want to be? Do you want do you want Tom Coughlin? You want to win two Super Bowls and only make the playoffs twice in five years? It's, you know what I mean? It's like half of one, six dozen of the other. To everybody in the comments that's flipping out right now. <laughs> This yeah, is a very subjective list. Like we're we're not no one's keeping track. We just threw the ten names together. This is people are getting upset. Yeah, yeah, the face, the Facebook not, user's losing his mind. He's literally not like meant for that. He's, he's I want everyone to know if anybody would like to submit their own list, <laughs> knock yourself out. We'll <laughs> even show it. I don't we'll, care. Yeah, we'll show you our list. Yeah, hey, listen, you got to put your name to the bulletin board though. It can't be again. This either. is. This is one of those lists where it's like the the ten best coaches. Well, Christ, I don't know. Should I just be like adding up their Super Bowls and their all time wins, or am I looking for who ha- who had a great year last year? 
Who's people poised just, to win one this year? Yeah, people because then that means Bruce Arians is the best coach this year. He should be number one because he beat Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. Sure, and Andy Reid should be number two on the list. And by Trevor's logic earlier, Belichick would be third, I guess. No, because Belichick he's the next no, best no, one after the playing, two that just won it. That game, Belichick wouldn't even be on the list. And <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into our new segment. We're going to be doing foods next week. We'll be trying to come up with another list. Hopefully, Ted and Joe don't come up with a sushi list because you will not have me on that on that part. So, but we're going to have no. Our, next week is our favorite side dishes. Favorite side dish. Ooh. Okay. Where so, will coleslaw land on the list? <laughs> Where will coleslaw? Zero. Coleslaw's not making a top five, Joe. You're out of your mind. But it it's to gonna be, be like number your... one on my list, so it'll balance out yours. So that, That's what's gonna so have to happen. Salad, French fries, mac and cheese. All right, by the way, one. by the way, Teddy, my wife loved the line last week when we started doing the lists. And uh, Trevor, you introduced my list, and Teddy goes, Oh yeah. Celery and carrot sticks. <laughs> that was hilarious. She really thought that was great. So I, know, I just I, wanted, I, to, wanted to give you those kudos. Me and oh, Ted put like nachos and wings. Joe puts pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of like the Huxtables. Like he's hiding. The, he's got like the he's got the vegetables and the lettuce covering the <sighs> cake underneath it. Yeah, pretty. So much. last week, so last week we did our top five football eats. This week. It is our top five subs slash sandwiches sponsored by Ted's Eats. So I'm going to let Ted go first again because this is sponsored by Ted's Eats. And Ted, let's look at it right now. So we got chicken parm, anything chicken cutlet, steak and cheese, bacon cheeseburger, and a bacon egg sandwich. You know why it doesn't say cheese? And notice how all of these. Okay, let's look. Chicken parm has cheese. Any chicken cutlet puts cheese. Steak and cheese. Puts cheese, bacon cheeseburger, puts cheese, doesn't put cheese on a bacon egg sandwich. But yet this man has cheese and puts cheese and Parmesan cheese, mind you. And I say a Parmesan cheese lightly because he puts a pound of it on his pasta, but doesn't like a bacon, egg and cheese. I don't understand this man. His criteria and his thinking sometimes just makes me go lose it. So what do we think about this list? Remember, I asked I asked you guys about the bacon cheeseburger if that was a legit sandwich criteria. I, I give that yeah. enough because that's like yeah. I, I would say any anything you hold in your hand that's wrapped in something high in carbs is a sandwich. Listen, is that fair I to love, say? Yeah, I love chicken stuff. Um, like I'm listen. I'm a he guy goes that to goes, a steak place. Listen, and I go to the steakhouse and I get chicken. I get like the the like the duck or the pan seared chicken. With, I know like a crack uh crack you know, crack pot. Joe, uh, do you not like steak? steak? Uh, I'd rather have chicken. Is it because they undercook it? Is that no, why you don't like steak because it's undercooked? No, I just I like the taste of chicken better. Like pan seared with like st- vegetables and like mashed potatoes or mac and cheese on side. Absolutely. Teddy, if I take you to Morton's, we're getting a steak. You understand <laughs> went, me? Joe, I was in Vegas at like one of the nicest steakhouse, and I got this I got this chick uh the pan seared chicken in the cast iron. With vegetables and these unbelievable whipped mashed potatoes with garlic. Okay, in. I'm gonna take you somewhere for the old '96, or we're gonna get it super raw and we're gonna eat the, the, <laughs> no, the no. daylights oh, okay. out of it. Chicken right. parm, <laughs> uh, chicken parm. Obviously, I could have put chicken, uh, chicken color, and, and been one and two because it feels like every time I go somewhere, like well, yesterday, uh, Pat came over, Laiuti, chicken color, yeah. roast red peppers, lettuce, cheddar cheese, mayo. Um, I, I mean, I was doing some type of chicken color. You saw my deli unlimited. I went, I had the firecracker with the chicken color, chipotle mayo, bacon, pepperoni, cheese, peppers. It was unbelievable. Yeah, there's a lot of cheese. There's a lot of cheese. But just don't have cheese. Bacon cheeseburger. And then a bacon egg. You can never go wrong with a bacon egg sandwich in the morning. No, you need cheese. Bacon, egg, and cheese. You don't need cheese on your egg. But yet, it has cheese on every other one of your top four. I can't do egg and cheese. It bothers me, it makes me gag. I would flip two and one. I do love a chicken parm, but Teddy, a chicken cutlet sandwich anywhere. No one, no one has been able to screw up a chicken cutlet. You put a chicken cutlet on bread, and you're you're. I home. can't believe you have number two. That's a little by. That's a little. What he actually I, has I, the he has the weather. Okay, Weatherfield. Pizza. I'm giving you some specifics here. Yeah, I feel like that was uh, I, a duty to I, the public. I got to tell you something. I got to be honest with you. 
this is coming from the food guy now. Here we go. Here we go. The problem with your number two is just the making song. a chicken cutlet because Nardelli's chicken cutlets are garbage. They're not good. They're like oh no, that's fantastic. No, You're not no, getting no, it no. right. We used to so go to we the they're, CSB. No, they're when we went to CSB, the Nardelli. And then they warm them up in the microwave. They're mushy and they're breaded. They're not fried. When we went to the – yo, the one, the Nardellis they built right near the C, C, CSB. In yeah, yeah. was never good. Not good. So you know that's not the only Nardellis around, right? I went you know to the there's other Nardellis? I went to the original one in Naugatuck. How was it? When I went to it. It was the same as all the other ones. The same that was right next to my house in Meriden, the one across the street. They have all the deli meats. You can see the cutlets right there. That means they're not fresh. I want fresh cutlets on my hard roll. Good. Let's, rip, let's rip Joe. I will eat this Nardelli sandwich any day of the week, any time the of the day. On it already. It want, you want the fresh cutlets in the fryer, out, then they layer the cheese on top, throw it in, then you pile everything on. The Weathersfield Pizza House. Just give me. Here's the thing: you could tell the difference between the Weathersfield chicken cutlets and the Nardelli's chicken cutlets, and Joe would admit that. You could. Oh yeah, I didn't say one and two were close. Joe, where would you go to get your buffalo chicken wrap? Anywhere. Again, I feel like that's something. It's hard to screw that up. My meatball grinder almost slid in too, and an Italian sub. I know, Jace. I'm sorry. I, I, I like the cold cuts, but you know they're coming out of your fucking. They're coming out of your pores. The deli meats. Yeah, they do. They do. But I had to, I like, I like I had to slide the old Italian in at number five. That's uh, that's just a great sandwich. It's a classic. You can always rely on it. Uh, Jersey Mike's makes a really great Italian sub. They make a great um, steak and cheese, too. The they they, they certainly do. They yeah, that's, I think, the number nine. Yeah. Um, sometimes we order from them, and, and I'll literally grab uh, a steak and cheese and an Italian sub. Not just for me. I mean, we get the big one, and we cut it up. Oh, yeah. Joe, I love, I, love, I love the Jersey Mike's steak and cheese. The, especially the Chipotle mayo one. Oh. Yes. With the cheddar uh, yeah. cheese, grilled peppers. I'm going to finish up with mine. Trev hates buffalo chicken. Chicken parm, steak and cheese, bacon and cheese, bacon cheese, and a tuna sub. Love tuna. Love tuna subs. Trev, I'm going to tell you something. Especially You're going to like this. You're going to like this. Is this the best list I've made so far? This is great. I Because I'm, I honestly, and I feel stupid for it, I love tuna subs. Tuna so subs. I'm a, a tuna, tuna on oh, a fresh hard roll, mm-hmm. so nice, especially on the beach with a bag of Cape Cod chips on the side and a nice yeah. drink. I had to think about it because I was like meatball. I love meatball parmesan. I like a nice cold cut sub, but man, tuna subs. I had tuna before the sandwich. Before Just the out sub. of curiosity, did you put bacon cheeseburger before Ted asked if that counted as a no, sandwich? I, no, when I go no, when I go to a restaurant and there it's a good burger, I'm getting a bacon cheeseburger. It's one of my favorites. It's always been one of my favorites. I love tuna. Thank you. You know I, what? I thought tuna was gonna get a lot of back. I actually, Teddy, Teddy, how do you feel about tuna? I'm curious. Love it. Oh, all right. Hey, by him just putting on this list is making me think to run upstairs right now and go make a tuna sandwich <laughs> on rye with some Cheetos. And, oh my God. Love, listen, tuna, I though I love in the summer. I, I, I'm, me and Trev, and we know because we do this, my buddy Tommy, every time we go to the beach, Tommy gets the fresh rolls from the deli every morning before from Apostel. He brings them over in the morning. Get the potato rolls because they're sweeter than the normal Kaiser rolls. You cut them up. You put the tuna on. You do two, two, three cans. You got to get the good mayo. Don't be cheap. Squeeze it. And then <laughs> you throw the cool. chips on. I think Trev's list is the best one of all. Have you ever wow. taken your tuna? I did not expect that to happen. I Have you ever taken your that. tuna, huh? throw it on Throw it on a, a pan with uh, salt and pepper, uh, some garlic, and and cook up the tuna, and then apply it to your sandwich. Have you ever like tried like that? that? I don't like tuna like that, but no, I've not really? tried that. It is. I got to tell you, dude, if you think tuna in a can with some mayo is good, fry that stuff up. A little salt and pepper, you know you garlic, to, cook you know that up. The tuna? You know what you have to add the tuna? It's game-changing. Add bacon. Oh, I've done bacon and tuna. Yeah, it's amazing. That's a, an amazing feeling. If you put bacon on anything, if you put bacon on someone's butt, I need the bacon. <laughs> okay, Dad. Whoa. That's a Breaking news here on Keys to the City. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Chef, you know what else? I mean, because if we were naming places and things, I would have been like, 
Now, it wouldn't be my top five sandwiches, but if I was going here, Randall's pastrami. Oh, pastrami. A good pastrami sandwich. With cheddar cheese. That would be in my top ten. That would probably be my top ten. Meatball grinder was actually in my top five. And I put the how do you guys feel about um Joe? How do you feel about this? Eggplant parmesan grinder. Like eggplant. Really? You'd rather do the real thing. Sausage and peeps. Sausage and peeps, Joe. Yeah. So um, what else? What's another one? Hot dogs and peppers. What's the other one? Not um oh prosciutto. I just oh, I, I want some capricorn. Yeah, with uh, the pesto, with the fresh moods, and the prosciutto, oh. and the tomatoes. Antonio's, you got to bring him to Antonio's and get bring him. Bring Antonio's. Listen, my my wife sent me out. She makes this like prosciutto uh and cantaloupe uh with it's good, but there was I bought so much prosciutto and I had bought some rolls, some hard rolls. No, that's disgusting. Ooh-wee. No, Joe. No, Jace. No, that's Thanksgiving not, that's leftovers. Not a sandwich, though. Thanksgiving leftover sandwich, turkey, that's, and I have no. I have made that before. What you do is you take the turkey and the no. stuff, and you throw it in the pan. You cook it up. Let me say the, this for all the people you take that the are cranberry watching. sauce. You spread it over the bread. You throw mashed yeah. potatoes, the stuff, oh, and the turkey uh, and gravy. Let me say this to all of my uh, uh, to all of our followers: Thanksgiving food is probably one of the most overrated type food in the world. It's very overrated. Turkey, stuffing, you can eat that stuff for one day, and that's it. I can't eat it for as much as people like to eat it. People love Thanksgiving food, but I do love my mom's stuffing. Very good stuffing. But other than that, Thanksgiving food's overrated. Give me I love stovetop stuffing, and I would eat it anytime. <laughs> uh, but I agree with you in general. I think uh, Thanksgiving's stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a nice the sentiments there, but why do we oh, eat turkey? No, Thanksgiving stupid. I just no. I just why do we eat turkey? What is I? I wouldn't eat turkey. I don't eat turkey any other time of the year. I mean, it's a kind of a gaming meat for my liking. You don't do turkey. I, I would no. You know what I prefer? You know what I like to make? My favorite thing to cook is uh, rotisserie chicken. I'll cook a couple of big rotisserie chickens. Nobody like turkey. Is that, what you guys do for, is that what you guys do for Thanksgiving? That's what I do for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I make rotisserie chickens, and they're banging because the, the, the chicken's like slides off the bone. Cook at a high heat, high oh, heat, short time. What do you guys yeah, what do you got? Pulled pork sandwich. Where oh, that that's – Pulled porks and Cubans are also great sandwiches Cubans if you get them at the right place. Yeah, Nardelli's for you, right? <laughs> I'm only kidding, Joe. All love, all love. We're going to be back next week doing, (laughs) as Ted came up, top five side dishes. So that will be next week's food of choice. And I'm going to take next week will be our top ten offensive players, nine. Or do you want to do top ten offensive players, nine quarterbacks? Or No, we did not. We did top ten defensive players. We did top ten defensive players. We did not do top ten offensive players, nine quarterbacks. Oh. All right. We've done top 10 quarterbacks. We've done top 10 players. We've done top 10 defensive players, coaches. Now we're going to be doing top 10 offensive players, non-quarterbacks. Top 10 Nardelli sandwiches that you cannot eat. <laughs> Zero. I'd have none. Listen, but I mean, if they were the only – I mean, here's the thing. I Jersey, Mike's is, Jersey Mike's is better than Nardelli's. Oh that, yeah, absolutely. But here's my thing: I like the old. I like the, real, I like the real. I like it. I like it. So it's a, it, this is just like the coaches. It's a very subjective list. No, Joe, you deserve just to because get you don't like it. Head. Don't get yelled at me. No, because Joe deserves just because you don't like mushy mushy chicken. <laughs> Joe deserves to get ripped because he rips my list all the time. I love your list, Joe. You had the worst list by far on this entire in both lists. I say, I'd say you had the oh. worst list. Wow. No, I, think I don't think so. I think you had, I think, you had all, when you put a coordinator before a head coach, you lost. I me. think based on the reaction from the comment section, I think I won the day. <laughs> so be it. So be it. We all <laughs> win. We all do. <laughs> Listen, if you all walk away feeling like a winner, what does it matter what anybody thinks? Unless you're all by myself. Like <laughs> well, can we hurry up and finish this show so I can go eat something? Because I'm hungry. I need to eat a hot sandwich. He wants, a tuna, a, tuna sa- he wants a tuna sandwich now. 
Joe's going to get Nardellis. Ladies and gentlemen. I tell you, though, Joe, you know what the best is, though? The he wants to end the show, but he's back. The rotisserie chicken in the next couple of days, you know, like if you, if you pull it off the bone, you put it in the bowl, chop it all up, and then you throw you like your shredded cheese over it, put it on toast, then you dabble it up, make a nice rotisserie chicken sandwich. It's phenomenal. It's really oh, juicy. yeah. Oh, no, I'm down put for that little, maybe, now. Put a little barbecue sauce with it, too. Cheddar cheese, bacon, barbecue sauce, french fries on the side. God. Trev, too bad you don't live around here anymore. I cook you up some nice uh, rotisserie chicken. I would. <laughs> no, you probably just try to. You probably just said it's you, but it's you got it from Nardelli's. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about the Yanks and Sox. A big series coming up. Also, our top ten list. Like I said, top ten offensive players, nine quarterbacks, and our top five side dishes. So we'll be all back for that next week. And if any more breaking news happens, we'll be more too as well. One last thought, because I was thinking of Tuna, and then I thought of Tua. Tua Tagovailoa was 8 for 12 for 99 yards in his very first preseason start, and everybody was like, oh, he's going to be great. And he hasn't been. So just a word of caution not to read too much into Justin Fields just yet. Great sign, but doesn't necessarily mean anything. Ladies and gentlemen, we are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys of the City. So comment, subscribe, like, or share. We'll be back during the week. Everybody have a great weekend. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.